welcome to I Wish I Was an Only Child with me, Rachel Mason. And me, Cathy Mason. In this podcast, we speak to other siblings about the dynamic of their relationship to see where we're going wrong. Why don't you speak faster, Rach? This week, we spoke to Philippe Sands, author, specialist in international law and professor at UCL. And his brother, Mark, chief marketing executive at Bonhams. Why don't you speak like a robot? <laughs> this week, we spoke to Philippe Sands, author, specialist, author... And also, I went up at the yeah, end. not very good. Who's the funniest? Well, it's certainly it's not, not me. <laughs> it's definitely oh, not me. Definitely not Philippe. If you put it to the vote to an extent, to our oh, I mean, if, family. Look, if if we were at a family gathering, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, Mark is able to hold the fort. I am not. Yeah. Why not? On some things, but not others. But when it there was a surprise the other day, we sat in your garden. Only to reveal that you do loads of April Fools, which I had no idea about about you, which is a bit of a surprise. And I left thinking, God, maybe you do have a sense of humour, which is not immediately apparent. But what? No, I, I do have a sense of humour, but I'm <laughs> I'm 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 more restrained in family settings. I'm actually better outside of the family. Oof. Wow. He was funny over the garden wall. Yeah, he can put it on. I think he is quite funny actually, but. I, I, yeah, you are. I think I feel a sense of anxiety around family. <laughs> really? Why? Okay. why? You've, you've started so early. Yeah. <laughs> but why? Why do you feel anxious? I think he's winding you up, Ka. I don't well, think he is. I don't think he is. Because I've always been in his shadow. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, he's always been... Mark has always been the better performer. Okay, right. He's able to hold a room in the family setting, but not outside of the family setting. <laughs> I'm better outside of the family setting. But within the family context, he is... My kids would also say he's more open, he's less buttoned up, he's uh, able to empathise better, and I seem to have a degree of anxiety. I I think anxiety is way too strong. I'm much more of a show-off. If you put it into simple language, I'm just much more of a show-off than his. And if there's a... If there's a floodlight in the room, I'd be chasing round for it for the light to be shone on me, and I'm not sure Philippe would be. <laughs> well, can you give us first the context, though? What's the age difference between you? Philippe, you're the oldest, brother. That what right? do you think? What do you think looking at us? Everyone asks us that. We're not going to answer that, and I know the answer anyway. He's older. He's, he's just the wrong side of 60, and I'm just I'm the wrong side of 57. So I'm I pre- have my second jab tomorrow. Oh, and I've, wow. And I've got mine in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Okay, oh. so, there's so he, he's three years, older. Yeah, three years between you. So, so that's interesting. Within the family, Mark, you're much more confident in terms of confidence. Not right. Just, just um, uh, what's the word? Just more. He's more expansive. Yeah, I'll just you know. I'll... He's more. Mark is more relaxed, more mellow. He's better at sport, and he's had a lot more sex than I've had. Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> I mean, I, you know, he knows Can nothing. Can we hear more about that? That is pathetic. Is that... That is, that's, that's called deflection. That's like, woof, right. ask a question, give us completely Would you talk to a... each other about your sex lives? No, no, never. No, no, no we no, wouldn't, no. ever. No, no, we wouldn't, that's so true. Right, we, we, no. no, we would no. never. No. I think there's a line somewhere here. that you don't cross, and that's, that's why. No, no but we are no, no. aware. But, uh, but, I mean, actually, the truth of it is, when I say we are aware, awareness goes back to about 1975 or 1978, or 1980, uh, that so you know in a f- in a family relationship, things crystallise at a particular moment. So my mm. recollection of my beloved brother's propensities with ladies 
is completely informed by what I remember from his teenage years and being at university. So the truth of it is, I have no idea what's yeah, happened no subsequently. No idea what's happened. There's nearly four years between us. And that's an odd thing, four years, because when I was 13, he's 17. When I'm 15, he's 19. He's gone to university. Mm. And there was a period where you didn't really see each other. Um, yeah. Because it's just an age gap thing. And if he's 17 and I'm 13, he's absolutely not interested in me and I'm not particularly interested in him because there's too big a gap. And it's sort of... So it's only in the late 20s. So it's only in your late 20s. We're never, we were never distant, but we became much, much closer for in late 20s onwards um, because our lives intersected much more. I mean, he spent years living in America. I spent some time living in America. And so it's it's when it, you know I suppose it's when we all ended up back in London um, that we got close again. It was never distant, but it was just uh, just sort of parallel lives because of the age gap. Um, right, but when you were was it just the two of you? It in was, the and it, yes, it's always been just the two. No, of us. we had parents. I was no, just going to no, say no, exactly they didn't leave that. you on your own. No, so and what we was... did, sh- and we shared a bedroom when we were kids in the first house that we lived in. We had a bunk bed, and I slept on top, and he slept at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, of course. So were you close as kids L- growing up in Belsize Park? Were you quite close? I think we've always been close, but the closeness has changed over time. And I, there's never been a period where we were in conflict. I don't remember that at all. I mean, you know, two brothers, boys would fight and would you know, be in a competitive type of situation but there was never anxiety there was never anger there was, it's always been pretty harmonious actually that's been one very very nice mm-hmm. thing is that about your parents though did they kind of keep a happy ship going or was it just how you both are built well our parents were not happy and i think what happens in that situation is it creates a solidarity in mm. the kids i don't know every family's different but in our family yeah um certainly amongst the two kids the two boys mm. um i think that when you sense that things are not going well with your parents you bond you're 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 left to pick up the pieces so to speak together i mean both of our parents i think were really careful uh, about protecting us from their own difficulties mm. but it was impossible not to see what was going but on but i think you saw much more of it or you understood more of it than i did i when i talk to my parents about it now I don't, I don't remember it as being a particularly traumatic time. There are a couple of scenes that I remember that were sort of seared in my mind, but not, it wasn't that bad. But for you, I think you were older, you understood a little bit more than I did. And for you, it may have been slightly different. Because I, and I think in some senses, uh, you, you might have shielded me from some of the uh, more painful bits. And there's a couple of moments in our life when you've done that, actually. Um, when we were older, when our grandfather died, I had immense difficulty. I remember you saying to me, and he passed away and we could go and see his body and I wanted to see it and I didn't want to see it and I wanted to see it. And I was much older, I was, must have been about 18, 20. I remember you saying, it's okay, you can go in. It, it's not him, it's his body, it's not him. And I remember oh, being, it sort of gave me the permission to do it. And I was, I was terrified by the whole thing and I remember you saying that just yeah. like, do, you, do you remember that I'm, yeah I do remember that and, it, and, it's like, and I think there have been moments when Philippe has done that either just unknowingly or in that instant knowingly because it was a particular moment but I think when our parents split up 
I think it might have been, I can't speak for you, but it might have been slightly worse for you than it was for me. I mean, I just want to, I want to roll back slightly. Because mm. uh, I think mm. the thing is, actually, we had a pretty, I, I, I think of myself as having had a very happy childhood. Um, mm. But of course, the big drama in childhood was parents splitting up. Yeah. So the big memories of childhood, of course, are parents splitting up, a, a terrible car crash that happened in 1966, the year England won the World Cup, which, in which um, our mother broke her back and was in hospital for many months. Um, and um, Well, and lots of easy stuff, school. I mean, it's, you know, it's not traumatic stuff, but it's, yeah, school, you know, it's just, yeah, and school was good. But how old were you? How old are you when you when the when your parents split? We I were, was fifteen. You were 12. Yeah, 12, 12, yeah. 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 Our parents were they. There was no, I mean, it must have been painful for them, but they did try and shield us. And I never mm. felt either that I was being used in some game of anything, or felt right. that I need to go either way to each one. I mean, but I think I think in terms of the way our parents handled with it. I mean, at the time. The perception, my perception certainly, would have been that our dad had massively misbehaved. And right. so I think there was a protective instinct towards our mother. Mm. And one of the things that our mother did, which to this day I am incredibly grateful to, is at no point mm. did she point the finger of blame at a misbehaving husband. Which a serially misbehaving husband, yeah. which is an yeah. amazing thing. And so in doing that, she offered a protection of him, in a sense, which mm. has carried on all the way through. With the passage of time, as you go from being a kid and a teenager and you begin to grow up and then you become a parent and you have a partner and so on and so forth, you sort of come to understand that life is complicated. It takes two to mm. tango. It's never quite entirely black and white and so you come to see things in a different way and it's no excuse for his behavior but mm. you can sort of perhaps understand at times yeah, yeah. i mean it's a curious one because he it was that classic thing where parents split up we live with our mum dad live out the road uh, not far away with and his then, girlfriend with his girlfriend and then, but then we would go away for long weekends which are now seared in my mind a sort of magical moment so We'd go to Aintree. He was a big gambler. We'd go to Aintree and watch, you know, the Grand National once a year. We, and we'd go four or five times a year. We'd go on these drives to places that seemed incredibly magical to me, like Plymouth um, and, and <laughs> Liverpool. And I'd, you know, having never been out of postcode NW something, these places sounded amazing. And we had amazing weekends with my dad. And my mum was always very good about that because she, I'm sure, had to deal with all the crap and shit that two mm. teenage boys had. And he was basically at, at distant. And I remember much later, my a year, I took a year off between going to leaving school and university, and I wrote to my dad, and said, "Look, I'm, you know, this is a weird one, but um, I'm quite worried that, you know, if you were to die now, I don't think I'll ever really have known you very well." And I was sort of eighteen, wrote him this letter in the days that you wrote letters, and about, and I sent, of course, got no response, and I did spend the next day. He's still, they're both still alive and they're in great condition, but about mm. five years ago, I asked him. You know, do you ever remember receiving that letter? And he has absolutely no memory of it, which is sort of classic. Really? And and I, either I've completely fabricated that story, but I remember writing this letter to Dad. And in the interim period, I've got to know him extremely well. And because there was a period where he was busy doing his thing, we were with Mum, and we saw him in that classic Saturday afternoon way or weekends away, two or three, four times a year, which is pretty unsatisfactory actually. 
Yeah, um, yeah. But and then filled in the gap, and in the last thirty years, he's been amazing, and particularly as a grandfather, he's been phenomenal. So, so absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, he was a great dad, but he was a distant dad. It was a different world. I mean, I can't imagine being that sort of father, being a dad that I am now, being ever that distant. But you know, they made it work, and bizarrely, you know, they 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 would have been married. I don't know, hundreds of years, fifty years, you no, know, a bit less about that. And they would have. Um, they actually live opposite each other now. <laughs> and, really? and they're quite different. From my dad's living room, Dang. he can see into my mum's bedroom. Which my mum doesn't oh, like. Oh, that's just so but, weird. But they but get on. Weird. How did you. He's made how it did sound get... weird. It's, it's not actually weird. He's made it sound <laughs> no, weird. It's lovely. But the truth is, how it's really you... lovely. Because they see each other and they go out. They go out. You know, during the lockdown, you know, he's been taking her to shopping in the car and they go and have food together. He drops her back home. So, so although lovely. I think they were incredibly unsuited as a couple. Um, I actually think there's something about each other that they still really adore in some way or love, and they still see each other, independent of us two or their grandchildren, our various children, they see each other together. They go out for dinner every now and then, and it's sort of amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. amazing. But how did you get on with the dad's girlfriend, girlfriend? Always complicated. Never liked it. Well, hang on. I mean, it is girlfriends... Um, exactly. I mean, there okay. were quite a few. So some, some you did get on with. <laughs> um, there, it wasn't always so easy when the girlfriends were younger than us. Um, I have to say, but mm. but but one comes to terms with that when the girlfriend is still around thirty plus years later. Uh, right. And right. so, one of the things that you sort of learn is. Nothing is set in stone. Things evolve, things mm. change. Mm. You look at them from different perspectives and what seems difficult or outrageous at a particular moment is not difficult and not outrageous 30 years later. It's really weird. Just, the, the, and, the perspective yeah. that one has of one's parents and also how things change when you become a parent. Mm. It, it, it's of really course. an interesting experience. Mm. Um, also, my mother had a, part, a very, very important partner in her life who came on the scene soon after, um, but right. was, a, a, was, was, a, was a, a constant for many, many, many years. So they, they both, in their, in their partings, they both reacted very, very differently. But again, it's back to what Philippe said, they were, they were particularly my mum was at pains to have no judgment against my father. And you do take your cue sometimes from your parents, because yeah. where else are you going to? Unless you can work it out yourself, and I was too young to, and I never, I was never pointed in a direction to respond that way, which I think was brilliant of both of them. That is amazing. Your mum sounds incredible. Incredible is a really good word. Yes, I mean, because really, it goes like many incredible. ways. I think she handled that part of her life incredibly well. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. there's a lot of respect from both of us that she could have put the boot in. Mm. And she didn't. And because she didn't, in a, in a serious way, it kept the family together. Even though the family had split up, it feels like a family. Um, yeah. al- al- although, you know, we have a very small family because dad was an only child. So mm. no siblings, no cousins, no nothing on that side of the family. And mum had a brother, but he was killed in a car accident. And so it's a very tiny family, except that we've produced children. So it's grown, but it's a very, very small family.
Do you think so, Philippe? Obviously, you're 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 you've done your books. You've you're going back through. You know, lots. You, I've noticed you've unearthing family secrets. I'm suddenly thinking that your family is so small. Is there anything in that as to why you're looking out and looking back and trying to find all this history? A- absolutely, because because on on our mother's side, we knew things had happened before that were not talked about in the family. I think for me, from my perspective, it's very important. I've come to realize that I grew up in a household of silences um, in the sense that my dad is not a big talker about the big things in life. And my mum had grown up in a household where her parents had both been through absolutely traumatic experiences in the late 30s and 40s. They were Jewish, they'd come from Vienna, they'd been on the receiving end of you know, the Nazi jackboot. And my mum, Mark's mum, our mum, was a hidden child. She was hidden outside of Paris by a series of Catholic families from 1940 to 1944. And no one ever talked about that. And Mm. our grandfather, who we were both very close to, who for me is a singularly important person, had been through that experience but had never talked about it. And I think what happened to me is that when I hit 50, I I get this invitation to go and give a lecture in the city in Ukraine where he was born, and I go to look for his house, and that unleashes Mm. an investigation that continues to this day and that drives my wife, Natalia. I mean, she's incredibly supportive, but sort of a bit crazy that 10 years on, I'm still unearthing stuff. But I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think the silences of childhood were, if you like, catalyzed into action 40 years later is what's happened. I think it's not complicated. Yeah. And and Mark, mm. Philippe has always been questioning you about things. How does that feel for you? Always asking about obscure family memories. Um, in a sense, I... I, I I didn't see it the way he did, that there were silences, maybe because I was slightly blind to it. But when he began to unearth stuff, because he is absolutely forensic when he gets mm. his teeth into something, um, he, I thought, was very, he shared everything with me early. Um, so, in particularly in the writing of the first book, which I thought was sort of very respectful of him, of me, there was stuff in there that was quite huge revelations. I remember many times you would say, okay, I've just found this out, I found that. And I remember I was you gave me a very early draft of the book um, this was years ago. And I was on a flight to Nigeria, I was doing some work out there, and I read it in about six, I couldn't put it down because it's essentially, you know, it's, it's, it's the interwoven story of our family, blah, blah, blah. But I thought you were always very generous in letting me know either in real time what was happening or very soon after. And there were certain things you said, you know, I remember you asking me a couple of things, there were a couple of things in the book, when you said, you know, what shall I do about this? Um, well, there was a central drama which goes to the heart of any family, which is uh, yeah. that I discovered through the correspondence and other material of the family that that our grandmother on, on our mother's side had had an affair in 1938 or 1939 in oh. Vienna, and that that was probably what caused our grandfather to leave Vienna for Paris in January 1939 by himself, without his daughter, our mother, who was one year old, and without his wife. And that caused me then to investigate further. And I came across a friendship 
between our grandfather and his best friend, which on certain interpretations, including mine, it was more likely than not that our grandfather had a gay element, a gay mm. side to him, which mm. frankly thrilled me. I was completely excited about that. But it raised a question about the paternity of our mother, mm. which was right. in, immensely mm. delicate. The, mm. the question arose that it might have... Because I, I tracked down, I identified my grandmother's lover. In other words, it is possible with the passage of 75 years for a grandchild to discover the identity of a grandparent's lover. I did it with 100%, wow. 100% accuracy. And it raised yeah. a question of whether the lover could have been our mother's true father. And, uh, and the lover's granddaughter, who lives in New York, said, let's do a DNA test. And, and I wasn't so keen to do a DNA test not because I didn't want to know, but because it raised the question of what if the DNA test shows that our grandfather isn't the biological oh, father of no. our mother? Do I have the right exactly. as a son to impose upon my mother the information that the man she thought was her biological father was not her biological father? And at that point, of course, I turned to my brother and I turned no. to my wife. What do I do in those circumstances. And what my wife said was, you have always been concerned about finding the truth wherever it leads to. You've got to do the DNA test mm. and then deal with the consequences once you know the result of the DNA test. My Mark, view is exactly the same. My view, my view is exactly the same. You, you, you know, you're on a mission here. And you should go forward because it actually isn't going to alter the fact, if, as it was, it, it, the biological test was that the lineage is, is, is what we imagine it to be. But mm. my, he's still, he would still be my grandfather because it's sort of, it doesn't, it's irrelevant. Actually, on a more comedic note, if you look at a picture of him and a picture of me, it's quite obvious. <laughs> you know, it would be unbelievable <laughs> to believe those two are not related. And the lineage yeah. through my mother, is, it seems, abundant. but but it was just, no, you should do it. And it's, it, he's my, in the end, personally, it wouldn't, he's still my grandfather. It would have added some, some interesting complications. I mean, from another point of view, what was interesting about who has the right to do what is that my mother has a couple of times said to me, um, and she's, you know, immensely proud of the book and blah, 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 blah. She said there's bits in the book that, that, that she, I think, is uncomfortable that Philippe looked at. And my view to her is that you don't own the right to that. You own the right to it from your prism, but not mm. from his prism. He has every mm. right to look at this and find out. And that's from his angle. You have it from your angle. And he's choosing to explore it from his, and I think she understands that. But what's interesting for the purpose of this conversation is it was a hugely bonding moment. Yeah. I mean, we were already close, but we went through that journey together, and that crystallised in a very funny way. Funny now, I look back, but mortifying for me at the time. <laughs> when, when the book came out, it's called East West Street, and we did a party at... at, Mar at Daunts in Marylebone, and I don't know, you've probably been to events there, and it's always the same. It's a wonderful space in the room at the back. There's a balcony at the top, and the people who are speaking sometimes speak on the balcony at the top, and everyone's assembled downstairs. And I very warmly thanked Mark for helping me take this journey together in writing the book, because he'd helped me a lot. Whenever I had a moral or a 
human difficulty. I talk to him. I mean, we, we go to football together. We'll sit together every couple of Saturdays and we'll talk. And this was the place where you bounce all these issues around. So I said all these, I really went pretty over the top in thanking him publicly. We then leave the bookshop mm. to go and have dinner in a, in a restaurant. And he turns to me and he says, oh, that was really, really nice what you said mm. um, in the bookshop. I'm just wondering why you didn't thank me in the book. And I, and oh, I, no. I, said, I said, of course I thanked you in the book. Of course, of course you're thanked in the book. Why, why would I not thank you in the book? You're mad. what he says now. Uh, no, that is what I said to you. And, and, and he said, well, actually, if you read it very carefully, mm. you'll see that you thank every other family member, <laughs> but oh, not no. me. That's awful. It's not awful. It was, it was, it was, it was funny. Awful. You, you were slightly It was awful. I was really yeah. embarrassed. You know, it's one of, I don't know what happened. You know, you read it and you review it and you page proof and all of this stuff. I felt so terrible, and he was so sweet about it. But the funny, but, but, but the funny thing on the yeah. book, in, in the years following that book, and now because he's now, you know, a he's quite a well-known author. He's a pretty successful author, but he's mm. just my brother. And but but I travel around the world a lot, and I, I get asked a lot, "Oh, are you Philippe Sands' brother?" And and that's a really interesting because I've never been viewed in relation to him before in that sense of the brother of, and it's quite a, and I'm immensely proud. I think it's amazing what he's done, but it's, you, you take a moment to think, uh, uh, yes, I am, yeah, yeah. But, it's, but uh, you're deflecting from the lovely story that I just told. <laughs> I want to I'm hear your side on. of the story. I'm moving of on. How did you feel yeah. when you opened the acknowledgements yeah. pages yeah. and saw yeah. that every single member of the family yeah. was thanked, yeah. but not you? Yeah, yeah. Well, because I'm mostly glass half full, I will think it would have been some twisted positive. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great thing that I was... No, but you, 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 you put it right later. We immediately I was slightly disappointed, actually. We reprinted immediately. It was, it was shocking. <laughs> but isn't it just because you're almost... I mean, I think it's like me and Rachel, we're almost so telepathically close. Yeah. Mm. I probably wouldn't think about writing Rachel in the mm. acknowledgements. Mm. I just think... Mm. It would be so in my DNA. Well, you would if you mentioned every other member of your family. <laughs> but I don't think I would because I think Rachel yeah. is... But Rachel is different in a weird way. Yeah. She's more yeah. me, part of me. But, but, but I think, I think but you I think cared more than me, actually. But I think I did care a lot. And yes. I think it says a lot about the relationship that, that he he was just cool about it. I mean, you yeah, know, totally. you could have had a lesser sibling who'd actually hold it against you for years and years and years. And, and that didn't happen. He held it against me for about 0.3 seconds. It but how would fixed. you have reacted? If it had been the other way round, Philippe, how would you have I th- reacted? I hope I'd have reacted, reacted the same, same way. Okay. Once he says to me, oh, my God, I, I'm yeah. mortified, yeah. I think I'd have reacted in exactly the same way. I trust him completely. He loves me and I and love that's him. That's the point. And, You've got the bond. It doesn't matter. He knows it's yeah, an oversight. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've yeah. slightly yeah. got him by the knackers because now if you read the latest books... The oh thanks to my lovely brother gets nicer and nicer and nicer each time. <laughs> it's I dedicated font. the next one is dedicated to him. I wanted his photograph on the cover. Yeah. No, that's not true. Up it, up it. <laughs> Do you ever feel embarrassed by each other? So Mark, do you ever feel embarrassed by Philippe? Um the only times it's never embarrassment's too strong a word. Um no, it never embarrassed. Uh, I mean, no, no. There's been a couple of moments where, you know, you're sitting at football 
we we both go to Arsenal together. We sit next to each other at football, and and um, I mean, there's some hilarious moments, and one slightly embarrassing one where so we're at football, and he's quite well recognised because he's on the telly a lot, and he talks, you know. Mm. And some guy, we're just about to sit down at football. Some guy comes up and says, Excuse, "You're that lawyer off the telly, aren't you?" And um, <laughs> and Flick goes, "Yeah." And he's always very nice and gentle. He goes, "Yeah." Do you think you could help me reinstigate what was it judo squash. squash as an Olympic sport? And it's like completely <laughs> was very sweet, was very nice. And he, there was one very awful moment when you, you I don't know how you got them in the stadium, but it was a glass bottle of cucumbers, pickled cucumbers, pickled, Jewish pickled cucumbers. And you stand up at sort of after twenty minutes, open this thing, and anyone want some? And it's like it's, you know, it's the last thing you'd expect to see, uh, you know. Is that the most embarrassing moment? That I opened a jar That's of pickled cucumbers a, in your yeah, presence? Yeah, I was going to say, we were quite much bigger than that. I'm with Mark, I understand. In the context, no, it's quite understand. bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Is it? But that's what you... I you think were there are any embarrassed you? Oh, I'm not... No, it's not embarrassment. It's not embarrassment. Am I going to like this um, There'd be... And again, it's not embarrassment because there's just deep pride. Mm. He does his stuff great and... Uh, there's a slight sense. Maybe I've never even said this openly. Actually, oh God! But um, there's a slight sense of not this job that you've got, but the previous one, of 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 going for the big money on yeah. in the auction world. Yeah. He yes. moved from he moved from these jobs that we just loved. You know, marketing director of the Guardian, marketing director of the Tate Museum, and mm. you feel complete pride and joy and all of a sudden he's gone the route of a big famous auction house that I won't mention that is with big money and there's a feeling of who are you hanging out with? Are you actually embarrassed then? That's why it's not the right word. It's not embarrassment. It's just a sense... It's a bit dirty, isn't it? It feels a bit dirty. Is that my brother? So when my brother, you know, I'll... So I'll happily say, oh, yeah, my brother, who's the marketing director of the Guardian, is mm-hmm. or Tate Modern or something. I would love those stories. Mm-hmm. And when you mm-hmm. would tell us all the stories about yeah. how Tate had to cancel the mm-hmm. uh, party for Tony Blair's book because people started throwing shoes at the Tate. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved all those stories. And then when it got into the big money mm-hmm. stories... Mm-hmm. Though it's not embarrassment, but it's not something you share mm. with other people yes. in the same way. Totally. Um, you, you get the, you get what I'm saying. I can understand that you might think that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Are you? Will you turn to each other if you've got a real problem? Is it each other that you'll turn to? I will always only go to Rach with my big problems before my partner. In fact, right. Uh, no, there've been t- there, there, I, no. There are other people I would talk to, but there have been a couple of moments. I remember when I left this said auction house that Philippe's referring to. Um, it was. It was. Uh, I remember it being not. I did, wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, and you were totally great about it. Uh, I, I, I think we talk about anything that's to do with our parents. Um, yeah. And sometimes they perhaps don't realise that we talk to each other about everything. I think one thing we don't talk about, certainly I don't talk with Mark about that, anything to do with my relationship with Natalia, mm. my wife. I, okay. I have a, a couple of friends I'll talk mm. with about that. Yeah. So that yeah. is kept separate, and that's interesting. Mm. Just as we're talking about it now, it's interesting to me that we don't ever mm. talk about mm. that. Yeah. Um, 
our kids we will talk about um and the issues that are coming up with our kids we will talk about um so the answer is yes to some things no to other things i just think there's multiple you know i've got a as you do a bunch of close friends who are very close and you sort of know no one person is a repository for all of it you end up sort of slightly passing Oh, Rachel's up for who, me. No, unfortunately, no, I, I don't have. There's a bunch of people who are not many, but enough, yeah. who you talk to about certain things and others not. Um, and yeah. it's not the not; it's less than no. It's just you do talk to some people about some things. I think one thing that we do both have that is common to both of us: we've got intense and deep friendships that mm. have gone back 30, 40 years, and we both have a group of five or six friends who we've stuck with over decades. Shared or separately? Separate, Separate. totally separate. Separate, okay. There aren't any overlapping friends in that sense, but we each have that model. And in Mm. both of our cases, they include men and women. So we both have partners who are very comfortable, well, I'll speak only for myself, who is comfortable Mm. with me having very close women friends and Mm. the way you talk with women is generally different from the way you talk with men and um i've really valued being allowed to have that but i've noticed you've got the same thing Mm. you've got Mm. close male friends and you've got close female friends do you have any shared friends no not particularly none at all no but outside of that do you have any shared friends we've got people who overlap but not at a high level of intensity um so a lot of people in common but but Best friends, no, they're completely separate circles. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think that's weird? weird? That's odd. It, Why is that I weird? Do that no, seems I very think normal. We, no, because to me that seems no, well, very we're normal. Not, we're, I think normal. we're so abnormal because yeah, we're so we intertwined. We share the same friends, the same job, everything. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's too much. Let's too be much. honest. Sorry. No, we have totally separate lives. I mean, parallel, yeah. many similarities in terms of where we live. We live basically in the same part of the world. We like doing the same kinds of things, but our social circles are completely separate. Okay, so if you set up a cinema club together, the two yeah. of you, you're going to yeah. watch a film, yeah. um, would, you, would you choose the same film? Would this cause problems? How, what's your ta- how similar are your tastes? Pretty similar. Oh, I think they'd be pretty similar. Yeah. I think they'd be pretty similar. Yeah, pretty yeah, similar. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we're both mad keen yeah, moviegoers and TV watchers, and we compare notes on all of those things. Um, he's much. We're different on music, I suspect. Oh, go on, because that's the thing I'm obsessed with. So tell me, because yeah. I saw I a vinyl player at the back of one of the interviews I watched with you. Yeah. Yeah. So go on. No, we have to. I mean, I'm very old fashioned. I listen to a lot of classical music. Mm. Uh, I listen to quite a lot of jazz. And um, I listen to Leonard Cohen every day. Nice. But you Mark. have much more modern, much your. I mean, my my kids think I'm really of, boring. Even your use of language is brilliant. You have much more modern taste. It's brilliant. <laughs> well, see, yeah. I'm desperate to hear what he's going to say. He's going to say something like, "I love stuff. grimes." Yeah. What? what no, no. But you know, I did that whole sort of clubbing thing in the late '80s, early '90s. So I went down that route and had a fun time there. He did clubbing, oh, and nice. I didn't. I'm pathetic. And and then so off I went down that route for a bit. And then you know so. You, you just go down a, a different musical avenue and and you end up just trying different music and being more open to trying a bunch of new stuff. So I still, you know, I still 
try loads of different music. I, I really like going to, I go to loads of live gigs. I mean, there aren't any now, but if, I, mm-hmm. if there were, I would still be going to live gigs, but you wouldn't get him in a live and gig. And that's the reason why, if you were to ask our five kids, between Mark and Philippe, which mm. is the cool one, all five would say Mark, without batting an eyelid. Right. Okay. I am uncool, he's cool. cool. How do the kids get on? How do your kids get on together? They, really love, well. they love each other. I mean, they it's oh, There's five lovely. of them, ranging from the age of... How old's that? Yeah, they're like, 20 to 20, they're like 21 siblings. to 26. There's a year... He has three, I have two, and there's a year between each one of them. And it's brilliant. It's, it's as a parent, when you see your kids with their cousins together, it's just that it's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a source of incredible happiness. I mean, I'm that, I mean, and they have a relationship that goes beyond us. I'm oh, sure they talk about us, us and, yeah. and they gossip about us and they bitch about us and 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 their mums and their dads and in a great and healthy way. Um, yeah, because we have only we have small family, so our parents were only children. So much, yeah, like, yeah small yeah. family, and we've our had kids. only children. So it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. We've, we're, I'm moving on to Cat Street soon because we want the boys to grow up. Yeah. And actually, it's the same age difference as between you two. My yeah. son is four years mm-hmm. younger than your son. Yeah. So it would yeah. be really interesting, but we, we really want to foster Hang on, can I go back to the cool thing? Sorry. So mm. when you were younger, Mark, were you the kind of cool, uh, rebellious uh, one? No, no. This is, oh, this, no? Is, so this is in relation to Philippe, not in relation to the yes. real world. Okay. Oh, Philippe, I'm with I was, you. I was just like you, so I get it. I was Rachel never was cool at all. But I was I, never right. cool. I was, I was in the group behind those who were cool. I, never, never, I was okay. never on the leading edge of anything. But in relation to him, I must appear very cool to his kids when they were not now, they're old now, they're in their 20s, but when they were younger, because I used to go to Glastonbury and all that sort of yeah. thing. Like, oh, Uncle Mark does all that sort of thing. I've never been to Glastonbury. And, you know, and I still do, and I love it. <laughs> I want to go, but he won't take me. He won't somewhere. I'm too embarrassing to be taken to Glastonbury. Cool you'd you'd yeah. love it. You'd love it. But no, but, I'm not cool at all. But, but in relation to him, I would appear very cool to a 12-year-old. Or a 24-year-old. <laughs> But Philippe, did you used to think he was cool? Because I used yeah. to think Rachel was really. Did yeah. You? Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Oh, totally, totally, huh. totally. Go on, elaborate always... on that. How? What? What did you? What, what? What did you look at? What did you oh, think was I mean, amazing? That started when he was about seventeen. Because compared to how much sex I had, he just had. Well, I only had sex at seventeen. You did have sex at seventeen. <laughs> you hadn't had sex at seventeen. Yeah, no. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> is that wow. really? Okay. The fact that you'd had sex with the pair girls, neither here nor there. <laughs> I did not have sex. So with you have spent your whole life thinking he'd had sex at seventeen, and he had. Oh my god! I'm That's really what a great reveal. You. That was fantastic. I, yes. Yeah. How old I, was he? Pun. When he had sex. It was soon after. Okay, I was eighteen. <laughs> no, yeah, but wow. that's obviously. That's a revelation to So me. it is a revelation because I assumed he'd but why is having sex at young age I thought he cool. start, I thought he was like my friend Clive, <laughs> no. who had started at thirteen. But 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 we didn't talk about it. You see, so I right. so it was just my imagination and running away and with you. My ra- imagination running away with me fed my <laughs> sense of inadequacy compared to my younger brother that he was streets ahead of me. And now you find out fifty that you, years later, you find out you were first. I discover that I was streets ahead of him. So this is a real, real. real... You see, who I know. knew? Who who knew? knew? Hello. Hi, Hi Bridget. Bridget. <laughs> okay, I see how it is. 
Here to judge is the new weekly podcast from Little Wonder, where we dismantle predicaments posted online. Featuring fruity dilemmas from Am I the Arsehole on Reddit to Am I Being Unreasonable quandaries on Mumsnet. Join me, Priya Hall. Me, Robin Morgan. And me, Leila Navabi. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Apple, or wherever Spotify. you get your podcasts. <laughs> Go on, give me an I was just being like your hype <laughs> man. <laughs> new episode every Friday there must be something we can use (laughs) who's the most competitive we're going to fire quick fire who's the most competitive I think we're horrifically competitive both of us it's horrible actually oh right that's me who's the most likely to swear at an inappropriate time me oh definitely me no okay Um, (laughs) who would most likely run a marathon well, I have. He's never done it. I've done a half marathon. Okay. Just last year. Okay. That's not very competitive. If he's done a whole marathon, you need to do a whole marathon. Come on. My half marathon was uphill, which he's never done. Oh, he's well, only done. He's only done. See how, compa- he's only see how competitive done. it is? He's only done a flat marathon. I've done an uphill half marathon, which is more than a pole marathon. Right. I agree with that. I agree with, I agree with that. Uh, who are your childhood heroes? Can you each name one childhood hero? Charlie George. I knew you'd say that. Charlie George. I love Charlie George, and I'm still mates with Charlie George. You don't even know who Charlie George is. No. Who's you Charlie don't George? know who. You don't know who Charlie George is. May the tenth, nineteen seventy-one. Arsenal versus Liverpool. FA Cup final. Charlie George scores the winning goal for Arsenal, who win the FA Cup. Why is that significant? Our dad was Charlie George's dentist. It was like our dad scored the winning goal in the FA (laughs) Cup final. So did you get to meet him? Yeah, yeah, I have dinner with him regularly. I'm his lawyer. Oh, well, that's amazing. <laughs> I deal with, I deal with, I deal with cases about mass murder and Charlie George's legal problems. Brilliant. Oh, Inge, that's really Brilliant. great. Who's um, most likely to cry? No, I cry, I cry once a, a week. I, I cry, cry once easily. a week at the movies. Yeah, easily. I cry at the movies. I cried three nights ago. We watched an incredible film called Quo, um, Quo Vardis uh, Aida about the killings in Srebrenica, and I wept all the way through it. Well, you would, um, wouldn't you? I mean, the subject matter's not exactly yeah. light. <laughs> Who's the happiest? Oh, we're equally happy. I, I, I can't answer for him. Yeah. What I see of him is an extremely happy person. And the ditto, same thing. I, I mean, we're both, we have lovely lives. What's to, what's to not like about our lives? Um, I mean, there are, there are things that are painful and there are things that are sad and there are things that are difficult, like in any human life. But, but basically, you look around at the state of the world and there's nothing to complain about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're both... Equally happy, and we derive happiness in different ways. Mm-hmm. But I think we're both happy. Yeah. We're very, we're very, we are different though. Very different, very different. Um, hugely different. But Do you think our happiness is different? Le- le- level of happiness or expression. Ways. I don't know. I don't know. But I, 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 I don't ever think of you as an unhappy no, person I'm not an unhappy ever, person. ever. Um, no, so I, I couldn't, yeah. I never think of him as an unhappy person. Interesting. So, I think that's our up. last... Yeah, yeah, it is. I think we've got come to our last question. Cool. Um, Which is? Is there... Right, we'll start with Mark. 
Mark, mm. is there anything you'd like to say to Philippe that you've never said to him before? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a great. Ah, I'm stumped actually. See if you get you go, and then I'll give me another moment to think. Something might have come, come into your head. I might, I might, I might surprise him. Philippe, is there anything you'd like to say to Mark that you've never said to him before? Yeah. Invite us over for dinner. Is that what you want? Yeah. <laughs> He's never invited us over for dinner. Why? That's awful. It's true, Mark's mulling it over and going... "Hmm." I'm mulling, I'm thinking about it. You've never been for dinner? Nope. Are you serious? (laughs) I'm totally serious. I don't think that's true. How long, how often do you see each other? Every other, every once every week. week. (laughs) (laughs) That's really weird. We do a roast every weekend together. We don't. We don't. But don't we? I don't really want to do a roast with you every weekend. How? Do you want to do a Mark. roast with me every weekend? Not every weekend, but once in 50 years would be nice. Mark, have you been to Philippe's for dinner? Oh, he's... he's... You're, you're, you're <laughs> nodding. <laughs> have I? Has it just never crossed your mind to invite him over? Well, hang on, don't make out he's getting inviting me every other week, because he isn't. No, it's not every other week. Oh, Mm. that's bizarre. Okay, I think we might have to meet him. Yeah. It's a great one to end on. It is a great one. So, Mark, have you got anything? No, I'm too stumped on that one. I'm going to come down (laughs) to think about it. That's completely thrown me. But I love your honesty on that, because that's a good one. Well, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. This what I've enjoyed about this conversation is it's you've brought us together to think about things that, you know, you've put mm. us on the spot, and we could actually either um, just not allow ourselves to be put on the spot, yeah. or it's sort of more interesting because we love each other and we're happy together no. to say, yeah, I can say that. Why can't I say that? I mean, because he knows, because he knows there's no hostility and there's no anger and no disappointment and no nothing. It's just like making it even better than it already is. And I hope we haven't triggered any no. arguments. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll see you over the garden fence. Yeah. You will. Lovely. We'll wave, if, wave if you walk past. I will do. Yes. This has been a Little Wonder production. Logo artwork from Kathy Mason. Voice from Melanie Walters. Music from Rodri Viney. With special thanks to Beth Forrest, Steve Pickup, Sam Roberts, Henry Widdicombe and Joe Williams. Other podcasts from Little Wonder include Here to Judge and Welcome to Spooktown. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Rachel's just told me I'm something... Oh, right, hold on. So we're are we recording? recording? Yeah, we are recording. This would be Make Sure Cat Talk. Talk. Okay, yeah. We're not shout. We're not going to shout. Rachel's just told me something I'm not allowed to say, so obviously I'm going to say it. (laughs) 